Back to another episode of the Fast Break Lip NBA podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I got Rico here. Rico, say what's up. Yo, what's good, y'all? And Jalil, Jalil, say what's up. Yo, what up, what up, what up? Alright, we got quite a bit to discuss. We just finished watching the Lakers versus Nuggets game, and we'll also get to talking about Tyler Hero's big moment against the Celtics. So let's get into that. Um, so we got um I want to start off with like the elephant in the room of like these calls. The, the officiating has been bad in the bubble in general. I think we can all agree on that. But like, it seems a bit fishy that we get report last night of the Lakers making a formal complaint to the league about LeBron not getting free throws in the next game. He gets like fifteen free throws. I mean, that 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 seems a, a bit fishy. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Honestly. That honestly, some of the calls out there definitely looked like there was another there was a personal agenda out there. But I will say, uh, LeBron did get his fair share of calls today, but some of them were bullshit calls. So yeah. Well, I mean, when you consider that no individual on the Nuggets shot more than eight free throws, and we got two of the best players in the league shooting fourteen apiece, one making eleven, the other making thirteen. Obviously, it's going to be a little difficult to stay in a game like that. But I agree with Rico to a certain extent. Some of the calls didn't look good at all and seemed like they were on a personal agenda. And I also agree with you with what you said, Samuel, in that uh, the officiating in the bubble has been iffy. But a lot, very. What I'm seeing a lot more of is players just complaining for fouls. Oh, oh my god! The ref doesn't call it. Why are you still arguing with him when we have a fast break going on? You could be helping your team back on defense. You could be getting back on offense. But instead, players are preferring to just complain about fouls. And it's it takes away from the game. Uh, it makes it harder on the refs because now the refs got the players screaming at them. And then whenever they miss a call after the game, they got the media screaming at them. And they got fans screaming at them. So it's a little difficult for them. But that's not to say that they're not getting calls wrong because they are. But they're they're trying, but I don't like bubble officiating at all. Yeah, and then and then to add on to that, it's like every single piece of contact is like a hostile act foul, and like now you got to go to review it, and then we got to go to Steve Javi in the in the ref center, and got to ask him if the call is right, and he always says it's right, even if it's not, and it's like you just like taking like fifteen minutes to review a little tap on the head, no blood, like nothing, just a little tap on the forehead. And it's a hostile act. And then we just wasted 15 minutes going to some guy in New Jersey who who was always going to say the call is right. It's like, yeah, you're you're diminishing the product. And then they wonder why ratings are down. Like, that's part of the reason why. Definitely that. But um, I I feel like with the um, when they have that, whoever it is they speak to who tries to explain the calls to the fans. Steve Javi. Okay, he has to he has to support the refs because if he goes, he has to. But like, again, it's like so annoying. It's gonna be like kind of counterproductive because now the one person who's supposed to back the refs up is like, bro, you're you're just wrong. And even though they need to hear it, it uh, it doesn't help the refs because it puts them in 
in situations where they're not really sure what to do. Like LeBron didn't shoot well tonight at all, at all. No, he yeah. shot terrible. And if he doesn't get 14 free throws, they lose this game. Point blank period. They do for sure. That's why and, Clutch and uh, and the Lakers made that call. And so at the end of the day, uh, I definitely think they should probably call just a couple less fouls. And I don't like that during the last five minute stretch, there's a lot of foul call. I feel like in the playoffs and the final five minute stretch of the game, especially when it's close, you got to let a little bit of extra contact slide because this is not only a very important game, but this is a, a tense moment. And there were lots of things you were willing to let slide five minutes ago. So let it slide now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and one of the key fouls was um, a foul on Jamal Murray. LeBron took the task of guarding Jamal Murray. I feel like he got a, got away with a couple hacks on him. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he, 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 he tried to be physical with Jamal Murray to take him off his game. Jamal still finished with about, like, what was it, 32 points and eight assists. I mean, Jamal's, Jamal's been having himself a heck of a playoff run. He's starting to creep himself into that top 10 point guard conversation. Because he's like the way he just delivers every fourth quarter, his playmaking got better. Like it's just a lot of things that he got better at, but he, there's still some things that he needs to um, deal with, um, like um, b- dealing with some um, some doubles and traps. Better would be, be would be better for him because he still struggles with that a bit. But you know, I think this is the first time he's really getting that kind of attention on the offensive end because of how well he's playing offensively. So he'll adjust in due time, but like that's something he still needs to work on. But yeah, I mean, I feel like he's he's had a really solid playoff run. I, I saw some people online they comparing this Nuggets run to similar how when Golden State first came into the playoff scene, how they like caught a lot of people by surprise, like the way they were playing, how well how how well their young talent was just executing altogether. So you know, I've been saying for a while, Nuggets are a team to look for look look out for. And I think earlier when we first started talking about the bubble on this podcast, I think it was you, Jaleel, that said that. The Nuggets aren't there yet this year, but they're they're they'll be here for like years to come. And I think Frankie also agreed with that. But I mean, we see now that I guess the future is now. Cause yes and no, I feel like they got to put Bobo out there. I know he's not necessarily NBA ready, but mm-hmm. you're losing already. So what are you gonna do? What like? Cause think about it like this: they almost lost that other game, so they could have the series could have been over legitimately it could have been over and honestly the series also could have been 3-1 in the nuggets favor as well but very at the end of the day you're down 2-1 and i think a change in the game plan could work even if you just put bobo in for a few minutes i think he could make some differences because number three on the nuggets i have no idea who he is like legit craig craig and Plumley have been unplayable no, Plumlee's yeah, not. I don't even know why they in Plumlee. This Craig character, get him out of here now. You could put him. Both. Craig was solid. Craig was solid in the regular season. I'll give him that. It ain't the regular season, and we don't got home. True, games. we have true no home games. You're, we're playing a playoff <laughs> with no home game. That's crazy, and you're gonna have to do something to substitute for that lack of home court advantage. Because even which just, is the coaching advantage? Yeah, and I don't think Frank Vogel's a particularly good coach. And he's running a terrible offense for them. When I say terrible, terrible game. Three. Well, I mean he's he's doing better than Doc Rivers and Mike Budenholzer, so that's one thing. That's not saying too much. 
it isn't, but still. When you got AD and LeBron, I think it's just less about specific X's and O's and just like straight up just having your guys ex just like execute out there. See, here's the thing, like in game three, AD's taking a whole bunch of off screen jump shots like he's Clay Thompson. What is going on? What word? I t- I've been telling people forever. AD thinks he's still a guard. He does not like to think. He doesn't like to play center because he doesn't like to think of himself as a big man. So he likes to play like a guard. So when he's coming off down screens, it's it's to his, it's to his comfort. And we saw what it what it got him. It got him like what two rebounds the other day. He had like zero rebounds for like forty two minutes until yeah, the last two minutes. Like, and then today he didn't have that much rebounds either. Yeah, so I want to say like. He, he barely had rebounds today. Like, he's just been settling for a lot of jump shots. And it's like, bro, we get it. You can shoot. But, like, we still need you to go down there and, like, go to work. It's kind of sad. <laughs> like, players nowadays, like, they just follow this blueprint. Like, Miles Turner does the same thing. They just want to shoot all day. Like, if you can shoot, just add it to your game. Yeah, don't just yeah, you gotta d- yeah, that's one of my biggest pet peeves of, like, certain players when it comes to playoff time is that they haven't diversified their offensive portfolio. And we see that with James Harden. We see that with – we saw that with Pascal Siakam this playoffs. We've seen that with Giannis the last two couple playoffs. If you just have one thing that you go to, your offensive game in the playoffs is really going to suffer. And that's why Giannis is not that guy. Not yet. And I, I would love to see him hook up with a guy like Hakeem Olajuwon give him some some nice post moves mm-hmm. so that way come playoff time he's hitting them with all these ball fakes and they don't know what to do and then he kicks up to the shooters and then boom i mean it's not going to be that easy because you need the shooters to hit them which they didn't do this postseason that much but that's another co- that's another conversation for another day that i don't want to talk about the bucks right now I'm sorry back to this but, point before we leave it there was a play in the game three, maybe it was game four, but Jamal Murray was on AD at the three-point line. AD took two dribbles, almost pulled up for a jump shot, got locked up, and had to pass out of a shot on somebody who's half a foot shorter than him. And it just is, it just doesn't make sense to me why no one wants to be aggressive in the paint anymore except for Jokic. And that's why I felt like the Nuggets had a chance. But now that the series is 3-1, I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah, you guys came back from two three ones, but you came back. I mean, a lot of people would say they Denver's Denver's kind of got them where they want them, you know? <laughs> what? Got them where? They're about to, they're about to, they're about to go home. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I still don't want to cut out the Nuggets. I really don't because they've been in every single one of these games. Like you said, Jalil, they could have been up 3-1 themselves. So, I mean, I wouldn't count them out for game five either. Yeah, but even if you don't count them out for game five, are you going to count them out for game six? Are you going to count them out for – I just don't think nope. you can beat LeBron James in three straight basketball games. It don't sound real. It just doesn't. I mean, I feel like LeBron's the one coming back from the 3-1. I don't feel like he's not going to blow this lead. Because think about I mean, it. If LeBron yeah. blows that lead, it's going to be sad. What? Yo, the timeline would be in shambles. He has to retire. He has to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Like someone said, I think I read this before we started. Braun blows a three-one lead. Some dude was like, "I donate my left nut to science." Like that. Oof. To what? To science. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, okay. I also got to bring this up. Draymond. Draymond has become Clutchmon now. Like, I don't. I don't think y'all seen the tweet. I think I read it to Rico before we started, but he was talking about Jaleel. You saw the play where he slapped Jamal Murray on the wrist, right? And they didn't call the foul. Who? LeBron. Um. Yeah. I might have been dozing in and out of sleep. I'm going to be truthfully honest with you. Yeah, I don't blame you for certain parts of certain games, but um, yeah, there was a point where Jamal Murray drove into the lane. And LeBron like blatantly just like slapped him on his wrist, mm-hmm. full contact, everything. No. And everybody on the timeline was like, yo, that's a foul. Commentators was like, yo, that's a foul. Jamal Murray was like, yo, that's a foul. J- Draymond comes on. You don't get the, um, you ha- he hasn't earned that right to get the call uh, against Braun. That's what I'm saying. That's a four time MVP. When a four time MVP is yelling at you and you're just a ref, what are you going to do? Gonna- <laughs> but it- oh. It's funny. It's funny seeing Draymond do this kind of level of PR for LeBron, and then someone on the timelines like Draymond don't do this level of PR for Steph. This is wild. Like <laughs> that's funny, but you know Draymond. Draymond Green realized that beefing with LeBron is not the beef you want to have because you're not. It isn't basketball. You cannot beat him unless the stars align, and then on top of that. You need him to get the money you want to get. Let's be real now. Them clutch checks is hitting different right now for Draymond in the offseason. Is he he on TNT with Chuck and them a a few times? Yeah, he's he's setting up his post his 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 postseason his post career um um his post career career in like probably doing commentating. That's what I'm saying. You get with Braun and them, it's nothing but a big bag. Nothing. And them clutch checks is hitting different right now for Draymond yeah. right now. That's why he- I guess I guess them I don't know what Curry's under. I don't know what agency he's with, but his agency gotta work harder than Clutch because Clutch works harder than the devil themselves. Like it's crazy. Wow. But um Dwight, how are we feeling about Dwight this series? He's actually playing pretty well, but I mean at some points he's looking like He's trying to do too much, but I feel like he's he's crashing the boards pretty well. And yeah. yeah. Shout out to Dwight, honestly. I mean, the last two games, he games two and game three, he kind of just morphed into like six ten Patrick Beverly, Lance Stevenson hybrid, where he's just like on the court just to bother Jokic and like Jokic is like paying him no mind. And then he's getting himself into silly foul trouble, which kind of benefited Denver because he was just committing a whole bunch of dumb fouls. And it was just like Dwight in game one was looking like Orlando Dwight. And then to see him revert to game two and three, the reason why he played well in game four was because Vogel had to talk with him. And Vogel was basically like, yo, stop with the antics. Like, we don't need that. We just need you to be like a high energy player, crashing the boards, getting in inside baskets and whatnot, and just playing smart defense. And it, it, it paid off. I mean, Dwight, what does Dwight benefit from being a pest? Like, just play ball. Jokic is not paying you any mind. Comes from Serbia. I doubt anybody will pay any anybody any mind over there. Honestly, I feel I agree. Like Dwight, he he. I feel like he probably try to do it because I feel like you know, like Westbrook said, Patrick Beverly be fooling y'all. But like <laughs> maybe he probably thinks like you know, if you out there just being annoying on the court, like you all of a sudden are like this great defensive player. So, I mean, I guess he heard the media talking and he was probably just like, yeah, you know, I got to shift my narrative and 
<laughs> I don't know. And and, and it, it felt like they were taking a pl- a play a a page out of the the Clippers playbook with like just like antics and just like name calling because like they were saying when AD was guarding um when Jokic was guarding AD they were calling him like steak steak with um with with um they were calling him steak dinner with champagne like they were just calling him all types of these names like it was like yo like y'all really doing what the Clippers do like come on y'all see what the Cl- y'all see what happened to the Clippers because they did all that nonsense like come on. Just to say briefly, I feel like the reason why the Clippers they really hold up is because of Paul George. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. I feel like it has to be said. Like, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about the Clippers right now, but just they they like despite the fact that that whole team sold out. Paul George, yeah. man, you you the reason. <laughs> You're the reason for real. <laughs> Nah, you know what had me weak is that on Sunday when the Falcons blew blew a lead, Montrez Harrell had the nerve to pull up on Twitter and was like, "Yo, Atlanta Falcons, y'all get me tight. I'm done with y'all." Right. Like he wasn't great. Cook. <laughs> nah, Montrez got cooked that series. Jokic was <laughs> feasting on him. Pause. You know, I don't know why Montrez thought he was that guy to just show up to the bubble and put in work because that's not his. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, people be fooled by guys with dreads who are dark skin and who scream a lot. <laughs> they think they're all good at defense. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, about basketball and at least professional but basketball, there is a level of like psychological warfare. But here's the thing. When you start to take your psychological warfare to an entirely new level and your game doesn't support it now you're just <laughs> now you're just saying things because don't get me wrong it, this and this one made me upset with paul george is because he had some bad games and the first good game he had he comes into the interview like i was in a dark place i'm out of it now in the very next game with no delays, no hesitation, he went back <laughs> to the same Paul George that was in a dark place. No, Negro, you did not get out of it. I'm sorry. Don't say that. Oh, man. I had some rough games. I'm trying to get work through it. Today was a good night. I'm trying to find out what I was able to learn from tonight so I could bring it back next game and be better. There's no reason that you are supposed to be one of the favorites to winning the chip and you get 3-1 by the Nuggets. I'm sorry. Let alone with Jamal Murray having 40 in a game seven. Yeah. You know why Murray had 40 in a game seven? Because Doc Rivers is dumb and switched off his whole game plan of having Paul George and Kawhi and Pat Bev harass him. Instead, they wanted to double Jokic who is probably the worst person to double because he's a seven-footer with ex- extremely well-court vision where he can, like, see the whole floor. He sees plays before they develop. He sees when all his players are cutting. So when you Nash. double him, huh? That man is Steve Nash. Yeah, he's, like, basically, like, seven-foot-tall Serbian Steve Nash. Right. And, like, you're doubling him. For no reason. And, like, he sees... Like he's gonna see who's open, and if he doesn't see who's open, he's gonna know where to see. He's gonna know where that person's gonna be open right. to pass them the ball, or at least get it to the person who can make that read. Exactly. 
And that's why he's like, he's becoming one of my favorite players, like just based on his postseason runs. I mean, last postseason, he was he was playing really well. They got ended in seven games against Portland. And then this series, these playoffs, he's been playing really well against Utah. He had a slow start, but, you know, he started to get his groove. And then against the Clippers, he was just cutting them up. And that was just like eye opening for me to see because I knew he was a great passer. But like the way he was just cutting them up, it was just like, geez. For me, what's important is your playoff success. And what I can say about the Nuggets right now is not only are they a contender within the playoffs year after year, they're slowly improving. Did they go to the Western Conference Finals last year? I don't believe they did. No, they were they they lost in Game Seven of the semi of the semifinals. Right. So that was the second round. And the year before that, I think they got bounced in the first. Correct. The year before that, they they didn't make it because they had that play-in game kind of with Minnesota, where Minnesota and them were tied for like the same record, oh, and then okay. they played on the last game of the season, so Minnesota got in instead, right. which was a waste. You could see the steady progress over the years, and yeah, Jamal Murray is getting better season in, season out. Um, and then you got MPJ on the come yeah, up, who had a yeah. pretty good game this game. So I'm gonna be honest; I thought the drop foot was gonna get him out of the NBA. I'm not gonna lie. Nah, he he wears a brace on it, so his drop foot is basically contained at this point. So that's good. It's nice. It's nice to see that he's playing, but um, he just needs to improve defensively. He stinks on the defensive end. Yeah, but not yeah. he's a defensive player, and that's not to say that you shouldn't be. But we also True. have to be real about what the NBA acts of players nowadays, and it's not. Oh, of course. Let's be real. Some t- certain players are not asked to play defense, and so they feel like they are exempt to having to play defense and having to hustle on defense. So there's the, there's also that element of it. But the Nugget, see, and here's the thing that makes the Nuggets ridiculous: Bowl Bowl has not played one minute in these playoffs, and you're telling me you have a seven foot point guard who has not played yet, and Michael Porter Jr who's coming off a, a semi-really bad injury, and he's playing okay, I mean, sheesh, that can that can mean some serious damage in the West for years to come. And Jokic is kind of young, too. Isn't he like 25, 26? Yeah, he's, he's type young. That's what I'm saying. And Murray's 23, so you got at least another seven years if you can lock them up and bam. You, you, you. Well, Jokic, Jokic and Murray are locked up contract-wise, so they're pretty set on that. Okay, that's good. So, I mean, hey, all you got to do is improve year to year. I think they should get rid of their coach, though. He's he's not bad, but at some point you have to realize we're not making the next step, and it's not because of the players, because they have Bull Bull. They have MJ. I, they have Murray. They have Jokic. They have Miller. I feel with Malone, he's got us, like, Cut the leash on some of these guys. Plumley, like we said he earlier, needs Plumlee, he needs to go. Plumley, ugh. I just, I just go ugh whenever I see him come on the court because it's like, wh- what do you do besides foul and like throw up a bad layup? Nah, foul. <laughs> like that's all he does is just like foul and like do a bad layup. And it's like, are you just taking up space for Jokic not to get fouls at this point? Because it's like you're not really providing anything of value on the basketball court right now. And then Torrey Craig, it's like we're setting they're setting you up for beautiful open corner threes. And you just keep bricking them. No, this this Torrey Craig character, not entirely <laughs> sure who he is, but he is a he is a he's an industry plant. For that you that's what he is. Bowl. 
He's an industry plant. You know who else is an industry plant? Um, Brad Wanamaker on the Celtics. No idea who that is. Number, what is he? Number, is he number nine? I think he's number uh, nine. Yeah. Yeah, he's number nine. He's the backup point guard. Yeah, I don't even know where he came from. He just popped up. He's had a couple of yeah, games, t- though. Eh. Not good. And you know, yeah. you know who else is a basketball, a basketball industry plant? Mm. Royce O'Neal on the, on the Jazz. Goodness. These dudes, like, I don't know where they came from, but they just popped out of nowhere and became rotation players in the NBA. I mean, my whole thing is you don't even got to pay me. I'll take that jersey and I could give you that. I could take <laughs> one layup a quarter, guaranteed, in the NBA <laughs> right now. Just a layup. All right, so speaking of the Celtics, um, Celtics versus Heat. Celtics are down 3-1. Um, oh, they're about to get packed up. <laughs> that Celtics pack about to be boofing. Yeah, that's that, that's looking nice right now. What happened, Jill? They can't win a close game with Miami, bro. They can't hold a lead against Miami. Miami. They were up for. They've been up for a majority of the minutes in this series. But go ahead, Rico. Nah, they're Miami's on a roll. Like, like y'all said, like they just can't hold a lead on them. Like they owe it. Like first and first of all. Tatum, he can't just like, even though like that second half was really good, he can't just go 0 for 6 for like the first half and then try to turn it on in the second half and then think he's going to win. Yeah. It's not how it works at all. Yeah. That was, that was, that, that really troubled me in the first half because I was like, ooh, if he doesn't turn it on in the second half, which he did, but if he, if he doesn't, I was thinking at at that point, I was like, this could get really, this could get really bad for Boston. But thank God he did. But it was like a little. It was like too little, too late at this point. Cause it's like right. Tyler Hero, though. I mean, oh goodness, man, wow. These these dudes from Kentucky. I'm starting to say, as like a Knicks fan with number eight, I want to go with Tyrese Maxey right now because like these dudes from Kentucky, they they just been rolling. Unfortunately, we took a guy from Kentucky a couple years ago, and he stinks. True. We happen to get the <laughs> only guy from Kentucky that sucks at yeah, basketball. Nah. Bro, he just got he just got he just got to develop or something. <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm being I'm trying to be patient with him because he's like younger than me by a couple of months, but like the dude from Kentucky, um, from on the Knicks, yeah, Kevin Knox. Oh goodness, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the reason that wasn't a good move is because we already had a power forwards on power forwards on centers on centers. But we drafted him before we signed all those dudes. Didn't we already have Mitchell Robinson by then, or no? We tr- we took him in that same draft in the second round, and we already got Chris Stapps by then. Chris Stapps and the Knicks had bad blood, so I think the Knicks knew what was coming. That's why they drafted certain players at that point. We should have never drafted Chris Stapps to begin, but yeah, bro, you know. bro, slight, slight, like t- tidbit off to the side before we get back into Miami versus um, Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knicks, Phil Jackson, he wanted to trade Chris Stapps for Devin Booker in the number four pick, I think it was, at one point. And, and number four? And number four in that year's draft, so whatever year that was. I think that was 2017. Wait, 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 wait. We would have got a four in DB? Yes, Bro, from Phoenix right. for Chris Stapps. Yo, I'm about to leave this podcast right now and go to bed. <laughs> that don't make sense, and Knicks fans were pissed, myself included, because we were like, yo, Chris Stapps is, like, legit. But, like, 
I'm so pissed we never did that trade. And it haunts legit. me till this day. He is not legit. <laughs> Let me put out one more time. Because I don't know if y'all are hearing me. He's not legit. He's just seven feet. That's <laughs> that's true. That's true. If he was a seven feet, he'd be working at he's, McDonald's right he's now. He's made of tissue paper. <laughs> but um going back to Miami versus um Celtics, hero, these guys from Kentucky, John Calipari. He may not be able to show their full offensive game when they're playing at Kentucky because, you know, there's usually it's usually a stacked roster with a lot of guys that are going to go to the NBA mm-hmm. eventually. So, like, a lot of their guys don't really get to show their full offensive bag. Like, Bam Adebayo, I saw him as, like, a lob threat in um, in Kentucky with De'Aaron Fox. And Malik Monk, I thought Malik Monk was going to be, like, a Clay Thompson or something when he came to the league. But, you know, things things happen with, yeah. with, um, with these college players. And a lot of them don't get to show us their full games. And... What we're seeing with guys like Hero, um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Bam in this series, I mean, they've they've got they've got these games that are not really fully uncovered in college because they play on these stacked teams. That's why a lot of these guys they say don't go to these schools where don't go to these schools just because they're the top schools. Go to these schools where you know you're gonna have an opportunity to showcase your game because that's the reason why guys like Bam and 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 Tyler Hero went like late lottery picks i think they were like 13th and 14th overall in their in their drafts yeah but so. that's how you get onto a decent team that has a true playoffs and also has a de- decent enough coaching staff to mature you as a player to be better eric spolstra is a pretty decent coach ah he's a great coach great coach some of the stuff that i see on twitter about like the sets that he runs and like i've read some articles about him he's a great coach first off top offense miami is running is too good it's really good it's too good it's really good and it's throwing off like brad stevens and brad stevens is one of those guys that like you know his defenses they're pretty good i mean his defense is all right but i think they need to get him out of there what? How many? Nah. How many seasons of you who, not how it done? Who are you? Are we gonna let you? Wait, Brad Stevens is for the Celtics, right? Yes. Yeah. Get, get him out of there. Whoa! What other good coach are you gonna get to replace him? It, it that's available right now. It's not about being a good coach because you being a good coach is not getting it done. So we gotta change up the game plan. How many seasons I, are we gonna give? I. I think, first of all, with the Celtics, they're super young. Lots of guys in the league don't get their championships until they're age 27, 28. So these guys with the Celtics, very young. Give them some time with Brad Stevens. I think they both both their two top guys um, in Tatum and Brown, they still got ways to improve. They look really good right now, but I feel like they still have ways to improve. They have lots of ways to improve. Like Jalen Brown can really um get better at his ball handling and like some off ball defense stuff. Jason Tatum can get better at finishing at the rim and um his his mid-range game could do do some work. I mean, th- there's a lot of things that these guys can do that can improve their game and they're they're still so young. So we still got to give them time. So I, I wouldn't say give up on Brad Stevens. Yeah, I feel like he's still the right coach for this for this group of guys. There's still some I think it's I think it's I think it's with us we like to like jump to certain conclusions because we see like some mistakes that really cost them a game or like some mistakes that like that are really like glaring at one point in the game and then we just we just take that away from their their full resume, I think. 
I don't feel like I've seen Brad Stevens be the X factor. I'm not going to say I haven't seen him be the difference. I haven't seen him be the X factor. Well, well, how how do you feel about those teams with Isaiah Thomas? Because I feel like they overachieved a bit in my estimation. They did. When you... They were, and that was due that was due to Brad Stevens as well as personnel because he had the personnel to to have the bright system around Isaiah Thomas defensively to hide him to the point where he was able to succeed the way he did. I agree, but I, I mean look at look at Isaiah Thomas now. What did they do? Huh? So are we gonna really give him credit because Isaiah Thomas had a good season for real? Like that's what we about to do. Yes. No. Yes. Absolutely not. And and because of the defensive game plan they had around Isaiah Thomas at, Anybody at that time. Anybody can have one good season. One good season isn't the difficult part. It's the part when it's the best teams in the NBA and you're not just seeing them Tuesday and then two months later. It's when you're seeing them Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. That's when it's a problem. Well, well I, I still feel like Brad is, is the right coach for this group. I mean – He's gone to the conference finals like how many times now? Three in the last four years. But I mean, that's packed up. some coaches. Some coaches don't even sniff the playoffs, let alone get past the first round. Who do they? And play? some of them still get to keep their jobs. Did they play the seventy sixers in the second round? Who? The Celtics. Now they play them in the first round. Who did they play in the second? Who did they play in the second? Oh, Toronto. That was a seven game series. Nick Nurse. Okay. But um I don't know if Boston can come back 3-1. They're not. Do you think they can? No. I mean, Miami Miami's got got a pretty good game plan. They just let out. They just let somebody who like 19-20 just drop a 40 on a nugget. <laughs> they're done. They're they're getting packed up. Yeah, that boosters <laughs> took, bro. It's done. Um, one thing that's really thrown off the Celtics that I know is like college coaches are probably like licking their lips. Pause is because um the Miami Heat in enforce a zone, and Celtics they seem to struggle against the zone, especially in games. I think it was games one and two, games three and four. They did a better job of attacking the zone, getting in the middle of the paint, you know. But um, they still struggled at times, and you know I I would think that. NBA players would be better equipped to break through a zone or play better against the zone, but I guess not. I don't know because they these NBA guys play like they forgot how to play basketball. Sometimes. So it's like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. That's not to downplay everyone in every situation. Yeah. It's just sometimes it's like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you know how to play basketball. You're down one. So you're going to take a three? Really? Oh. Well, I mean, that's 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 kind of how this league got conditioned with, with um, Golden State, and then especially with Houston taking that to the extreme. Right, but you're gonna take a low percentage shot that you don't need to win a game when you could just take two. That doesn't make sense. That's why I say about, especially when it comes to these stars, you gotta diversi- diversify your offensive bag. Um, that's why I can't wait to see guys like Devin Booker, Bradley Beal in the playoffs because like. They have a well, Bradley Beal again. Devin Booker yes. will pull up for a mid range. He will take a. F- oh, he's he's killer in the mid. But he also has good a- at getting to the basket. Bradley Bradley Beal. Yep. But 
Um, some tidbits about Tyler Hero. Um, second most points by a 20-year-old behind Magic Johnson in a playoff game. Right. Um, he's the first player born in 2000 to play in um, in the conference finals. So, Kudos there's that. Tyler Hero, you definitely played a magnificent game. Hit a lot of shots. And you played, most importantly, you played your game to your best ability. So definitely yep. close to him. Um, he took, if you look at a shot chart, he took some middies. And I like that because I am a big believer in the midi is money. I get it. We're shifting towards a, a more three-point oriented NBA. But it won't hurt to just pump fake, take two dribbles in. And then make a different decision, whether it's a head fake and going straight to the basket, whether you're going to pull up or whether you're just going to head fake, draw the defender in and dump it down to whoever he was guarding. It doesn't matter. But I just feel like a lot of players in the NBA are settling and you're settling and you're not even a shooter. Like (sighs) LeBron settles way too much. And I know that you're. Oh, my gosh. Especially today's game. If you settle for a mid range, Bron. We're going to go, okay, you just missed a shot. When you're settling for a three, it's like you didn't try. He takes them step backs like he thinks he's Curry. Like no. It's like, yo, bro. Dribbles away the whole shot clock, passes the ball, gets it back, dribbles <laughs> the time, and then pulls up. Like, bro. You have, yo. You yo. <laughs> yo, Rico, I don't know if you remember that video of Braun just like dribbling in the corner. Yeah. For mad long, and then he just throws up an air ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that Lakers yeah. fan was like, "Look at this BS we got to deal with." <laughs> <laughs> bro, look, now he, bro, he literally does the little, like the little size up, you know, crossover, crossover between the legs, and then he just steps back, and then it's just a brick, and it's like, bro, <laughs> like you can do a little bit more than that. Like we know you don't, we know you're just gonna try to run through the person. So at least like I don't know, oh, call man. a kick, do something like. <laughs> oh man nah but um going back to tyler hero once again um i saw a lot of people especially after that game comparing him to devin booker at least saying some people were saying his ceiling is higher than devin booker i wouldn't go that far yet i i mean like let's slow down i i i want to slow down on the player uh, comparisons especially with like like people were saying, like eighty is the greatest power forward ever. I'm like, yo, what? Like, <laughs> we we just gonna forget about Tim Duncan and like Dirk and like KG and like we just gonna forget about all these dudes. I'm so glad you didn't say Charles Barkley. I'm so glad. Charles Barkley's a great power forward too, though. Uh, I don't want to have this conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why you don't like Charles Barkley? <laughs> I absolutely, with every fiber of my being hate Charles Barkley, but that is not why he you can just tell us a little bit you don't have to go too deep if you don't want to not only is his basketball analysis poor I we talking about on-court productivity he really is like did you hear him describe that finals against Michael Jordan did you hear (laughs) what he say in the last dance not just in the last dance even when he talks about it on TNT he really he really thinks he's that guy and to me, that's just like, wow, bro. Like, I get it for good, <laughs> but mine. He's not allowed to have some, like, self-esteem? <laughs> his confidence is through the roof, but you got to love it in a black man. Go black. Thanks, oh. you know? Thanks. You got to be proud of our, our black yeah. brother being... being Yes, be confident. Proud in his abilities. Um, With Tyler Hero, um, he, he has a decent ceiling, but um, I think when you're on a team... 
that's a playoff caliber and everyone's making the right play, it's a lot easier for you to hit your Exactly. Shot. Yeah, that, that's a lot of point that that's a point that a lot of people are making where like he is a third or fourth option right now and like Miami um Boston was doing a great job of like getting the ball out of Dragic and like Duncan Robinson and Jimmy Butler's hands. So Tyler Hero got a lot of those opportunities because he was like in the right spot at the right moment, but he was also making a lot of tough baskets yeah. as well. So we got to give him props for that. But he was also getting a lot of easy ones due to the op- op- opportunities that were available due to how Boston was playing against their their top guys. And apparently in the Eastern Conference, teams are deathly afraid of Duncan Robinson. Deathly afraid of Duncan Robinson. Bro, he's they got the chopper from deep. Have anything. They will let anyone else have anything except for Duncan Robinson. He can't have that three. He cannot because you know why? He's gonna make- he has the... He has the highest, I think, catch and shoot um, three point percentage higher than Stephen Clay. Mm-hmm. So he's lethal. As soon as he catches the ball, you cannot give him any space because he's going to let it go and he's most likely going to make it. Definitely. So, definitely, I think, um, I don't know. Jalen Brown did a good job of getting him off the three point line. Their GM is doing a magnificent job. Miami's? Miami's. That's, that's Pat Riley right there. That's all Pat? Wow. Kudos to him. It's Pat and whoever else is in there, but it's, ma- it's, it's mainly Pat, I think. Yeah, no. They're, they, they've they constructed a very good team that I think can be a that, that, powerhouse in the East for the next couple of years and will probably have another finals appearance in the next two this year. years. Because I'm sorry, yep. with all due respect to Giannis, if they don't get him another star, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Unless he gets a well, I, shot, then it might. And and to think, Pat Riley could have been doing this with New York. Oh man. Um. See, here's the thing. As much nah, because you remember he was the coach here, and then he went to Miami to be the coach, and then he became the executive. So that could have been us. Say he could have done it. There's something about the other people in charge surrounding the one person who's trying that makes it all impossible. Because when we had Phil Jackson, he was really trying. He really was. Uh, But it was uh, all of the other executives uh, around him. Phil Jackson wanted to live in the past with the triangle. It was just like, nah. The triangle almost made D-Rose retire. D-Rose isn't that good. Let's be real. Nah, come on. Don't do that. He's a good good player still. He's a good player still. What is good? Define good. Good is what he's producing. Like he's producing a, a pretty good level of basketball for considering that's everything right. that's happened to him. He didn't even go to the playoffs. That's good basketball. He's on Detroit. When's when's Detroit gonna get to the playoffs in general? Okay, that's a decent point. But how much is he averaging? Right now? <laughs> exactly. And like Blake Griffin has no knee, and like they have no roster. They traded Andre Drummond for a bag of chips. Like, come on, it's Detroit. <laughs> I mean, he was okay on Minnesota. He was okay on the Knicks. And he's okay right now. He's just okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Good. He's good. Good and okay. Good, not great, and not, like, amazing and, like, awesome-tastic or whatever. But, like, he's good. No, Tyler Hero had a good game. D-Rose is okay. I guess. We can agree to disagree. Fair. Um, so, let me see what else I had here. I I basically spoke on all my notes. Um, how do we think Game Five is gonna go today? Yeah, today. Tatum is going to see his son. <laughs> well, his yeah. son's already in the bubble. <laughs> I 
Well, he's packing his bags. Yeah, pack that <laughs> Pack that back. Just get ready, bro. <laughs> Ain't nothing happening. Even if they win um, this game, they're not winning all three in a row against Miami. It just can't happen. Oh, of course not. Miami's that team that's not going to let up at all. Yeah, they're not going to blow a lead, 3-1 lead. They're on a mission. They're on a mission. And that boy Jimmy Butler, we got to give Jimmy Butler his flowers. Definitely. Because Jimmy Butler left three pathetic teams, and look at them now. Still being losers. Still <laughs> pathetic. He was right. Like, look at Cat, for example. Cat, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they in their mini bubble right now. Um, you know, all the teams that didn't make the bubble, they're having all their mini camps right now. And, you know, the Wolves are doing their mini camp, and, you know, Cat is not there. I think we all saw why Cat is not there. I mean... I mean, more power to him, but, I mean, if you haven't touched the ball since March, I would figure you want to get into the gym and do something. But, you know, that's what Jimmy was talking about. Jimmy was like, you know, some guys are are, are made for it and some aren't. And, you know, we seeing it now that these dudes in Minnesota and Ben Simmons and Brett Brown were not, they weren't ready for it. Do you remember that? And who knows if they'll ever be. In DeMarcus Cousins, that said everything. What happened? Do you remember the picture with Cat and DeMarcus Cousins? <laughs> that explains everything. Once I saw that, the picture where Cat looks like he's about to cry because he's he's getting he's getting he's posting up on DeMarcus and like Cousins is not moving at all. He looked like he was getting boxed, ridiculous, and he had no answer for it. And it's like I hate to be that guy, but come on now. <laughs> you gotta figure something out and you can't look like that doing it I'm sorry <laughs> now he looked like he was about to cry but I mean yo Cat needs to leave that or I don't know why players really think that they owe some type of loyalty to their organization like just really think about if Damian Lillard said you know what I'm gonna go not only well, maybe not make more money. I'm going to etch my ring? history. Because Damian Lillard, no offense, can be forgotten because he has no MVPs, no chips, a few all yeah, a couple of all-stars. He's going to be one of those guys that we look back on, like how we look back on like certain guys and like, like Patrick Ewing and them. We're going to be like, yo, this dude's never got MVPs, but they was like legit. Nah, damn. <clears throat> When we look back at Dame, we're gonna be looking at it's gonna be looking it's gonna be like looking back at like Nick Van Exler or something like you know oh, that move, like, man, no, <laughs> like I don't do know, that to Dame. Like, <laughs> you know, like you know the ones like that just get buckets, but like that's all they had. Like that's that's <laughs> like so it's a Nick Van Exler. <laughs> I mean, he's a little better than Nick Van Exel, but Exel. <laughs> Yo, some put him on the Nick Van Exel tier, nah. Nah, he, he's, bro, damn, I feel like John Jalil's right, though. He, like, he can easily be forgotten because I feel like he hasn't done nothing, like, really significant with his career. But, I mean, all he has to do is just really go to, like, a real contender because I feel like, or at least get rid of CJ because I feel like CJ is in that second player. No matter, like, I feel like no matter how cool they might be in real life and, like, off the court, but, like, on the court, they just don't show up, like, enough together to like really do something for that organization because i mean they've gotten so close but they've just like sold out like 
I think they played the Warriors without KD and got swept. Like they can't be doing things like. And they that. held like a seventeen or fifteen point lead in like every game of that yeah. series, and they lost yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not. But gonna yeah, get rid of CJ, you could have kept him. They Portland should have made a viable attempt to go get Kawhi Leonard, maybe Paul George, another small. Do we really guy. want Paul George though? Does Dame really want Paul George? He's better I don't than think anyone wants Paul George. That's a lie. The Clippers gave up the next six years of their future for him. Well, they're gonna be regretting it in a year when Paul George leaving free agency. <laughs> you think he, you think he's gonna leave in free agency? Retire. Yeah, yeah. Paul George. If has I'm him, every season. If I'm Paul George, I mean, I don't know. Do you stay with Kawhi and run it back again after next year if they fall short? No. Why not? <laughs> Your fault. It's his fault. What you going to do? Kawhi because you were bumming it up? I think Kawhi <laughs> just going to tell him, like, yo, bro, like, you just got to leave. Like, I don't know. I think, <laughs> honestly. Yo, I if think- Kawhi tells him to leave, I would be weak. I don't know. Like, I feel like PG has he has the skill set. He he just gotta stop shooting full whites. Like he like. All right, not now that we on the Clippers. Now that we've finished talking about all the other series, I haven't talked to you two about how we felt about the Clippers series. How did you guys feel about that Clippers series? Because I spoke to Kev about it, and you know, Kev gave his his thoughts on it. But how do you how do you feel, especially like that game seven? They just flat out sold out. That's all Kawhi I can really say about that. Team an apology. You said Kawhi? Yeah, six for twenty-two. That's how. What are you, Kyrie Irving? I mean, Kyrie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't do that in a game seven, uh, and then the person you're guarding got forty. Oh nah, <laughs> definitely deserve to go home. You gonna let somebody have forty, and then on top of that, you gonna shoot six for twenty-two? Okay, go home. Nice facts. I mean, not only did Kawhi not show up though, like you gotta think about it, like. Lemon Pepper Lou wasn't hitting. Like you had Montrez Harold just getting snagged on. Like he's like he had all that energy talking about like oh yeah like I'm this guy like I'm the modern Rodman and all this other stuff and then he's just getting outboarded night after night. They and was then, chatting all year, all year. We heard their mouth nonstop, nonstop, just for them to sell Bro, in such a grand it. fashion word like they really like sold out like that's a like that was like a real like a like that was a bad choke job that was like, a really bad choke job oh man i mean um last bit of nba news i i, I kind of mentioned it a, a couple minutes ago is uh the non-bubble teams started their um their mini camps since they haven't played basketball since march so I've been seeing a lot of f- footage of guys um, getting some workouts in. So, um, I've been focusing especially on the Knicks because, you know, that's my squad. And, you, you know, know, they got a whole new coaching staff, whole new front office. So just hoping that they can improve things because, you know, they got the they got the assistant coach that been, that's been working with Donovan Mitchell the last couple of years. And he, he used to work out with Dame. He used to work out Dame early in Dame's career. Um, and also we got the assistant coach that basically developed all the big men at Kentucky. So 
you know? Yeah, I'm just hoping the Knicks can make it make all this magic work. Because everything looks good on paper right now, like really good, but it's all about the execution. Um, what are the teams? Chicago got started. They signed um Billy Donovan. How do we feel about that hire? Wait, I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? The Bulls. They got Billy Donovan. How do we feel about that hire? <sighs> Wait, Billy Donovan came from OKC. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let me not even say that because they <laughs> overachieved by every metric possible. Last year, but that was a lot to that has a lot to do with Chris Paul too. So we got to keep that in mind. I'm not sure how the how this is gonna work with the Bulls. It depends on what type of Zach Levine he gets. Because sometimes Zach Levine looks really good, and other times, mm. so with anybody, it's Kobe White. He's he he had an all right rookie season, but him and Laurie yeah. Martin are gonna have to make that next level step. You know, Kobe White's not John Moran or anything, but he needs to be putting up, you know, numbers that are a little closer to John Moran. And Laurie Markkinen, I don't know what he's going to do, but he can't be as soft as he was last year. That's not- I think what happened last year had everything to do with the coach they had, Jim Boylan. Okay. They hated Jim Boylan. They hated him. And Boylan misused Laurie Markkinen the whole year. Everyone knows that Laurie Markkinen was pretty solid in the post, especially good in mid-range, you know. And he had Laurie Markkinen just standing at the three-point line, catch and shoot. Come on. That's not how you misuse one of your best players. Like, Yeah, that definitely is not the move. That's just going to throw him off, and he's just not going to want to play for you. And the whole team didn't want to play for him last year. Jim Boylan was an awful head coach. Some people don't deserve it. It's an awful organization. <laughs> Low ever since the only that was draft Jordan and get him Scotty, Horace, and Rodman. That's it. The basketball gods have not been good to the Bulls ever since that oh, that GM decided to split them up, even though they didn't want to get split up. Right. And, and ever since then, Jackson. Ever since then, nothing's been good for them. They got D Rose. D Rose get hurt. Then they trade him. Like. Nothing good could happen to them. Well, that's what he gets. But who knows? Well, um, I think that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. And thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, make sure y'all check out the links in the description or the show notes. We got links to the podcast website, blog, our Twitter page. Follow us there. Instagram, if you use that, follow us there too as well. And we out of here.